Hello, and welcome to episode 57 of Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. For this episode, we're taking a listener suggestion and watching Willow, the 1988 fantasy epic directed by Ron Howard. Willow is a childhood staple for many people, and there's something about November that makes us want to curl up with a blanket and a children's classic to keep us warm. Even though I wouldn't call Willow a staple of my childhood and Ryan has never seen it, we wanted to partake in the glow that many of our listeners gather around. Willow was a bit of a surprise flop when it was released in 1988. Critics weren't kind to it, and even though the high-profile duo of producer George Lucas and director Ron Howard seemed destined to rake in the cash, the movie made a relatively tame $57 million. Its biggest impact was in its special effects, which helped to usher in the use of digital effects with its groundbreaking morphing and the use of blue screen. Such technical advances failed to bring the audience in, though, as the consensus was that the movie's story failed to break any new ground. What is there life in Willow for modern audiences? Or should we send this movie into a realm where evil can't touch it and we don't have to see it? Keep listening. somebody i'm somebody let me out of here i'll take care of the baby i trust him completely but he tried to strangle me i want to go home no burgle cut we should wait are you challenging my authority as far as this baby's concerned yes don't listen to him burgle cut Fine. You stay here alone. We're going. That's a bad idea. So that was the uh, titular character, Willow, meeting uh, Val Kilmer's Mad Mardigan Mm -hmm. for the first time. Um, Willow is on his quest to save this baby. Mad Mardigan's trying to be freed from this This cage he's in. We don't know why he's in uh, immediately. Um, and he's trying to convince him to give him the baby, and uh, smartly, Willow doesn't trust him. Right. <laughs> you find I think out anybody later, yeah. who, who's like eager, give me the baby, give me the baby. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Don't yeah. give him the baby. I would never trust Val Kilmer anyways either. You know? Oh, no? Not with that hair, maybe. No, I mean, Willow Val Kilmer. Oh, okay. Not Which is really Val- Mad Mardigan, I guess. Right, but. yeah. Or, I, I, mean, I was surprised to hear you have this... <laughs> We could go down Val the Kilmer. list, though. I would probably only trust Val Kilmer in like fifty percent of the of role season. Yeah, including Batman. I might trust Batman. I would may not trust so much Top Gun. Val Kilmer. Oh gosh, I no. probably would not trust Jim Morrison. Val Kilmer. Probably, but not. maybe Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Val Kilmer. I maybe. don't really remember. Maybe. Yeah. Willow Val Kilmer. I do not no, trust. No, no, no. Maybe eventually. Not at first. Yeah. 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 We are here to talk about Willow, um, a movie that I've never seen. Nope. You haven't. I feel like I remember it from cereal boxes, but I don't know if that means there was a Willow cereal. What cereal would that have been? I have no idea. I was going to look it up, but I was like, what am I going to Google? Like cereal with Willow tie-ins? Well, and here I was reading up a little bit, you know, before we recorded here and there was talk of people having Willow toys. Mm. I don't remember these toys, but I guess there were Willow toys. It doesn't surprise me it being a kind of a Lucas film. Yeah, but they probably uh, had them made up, ready to go, and then they were like, "Oh." And I, I mean, didn't love this. They movie. used to make toys of everything, though. There used to be Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves toys. Mm-hmm. I had some. Did you for real? Yeah, <laughs> but you hadn't. I seen never the saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So that surprises me that you didn't have Willow toys because it seems you have 
toys of things you've never seen. I'm actually looking at the Willow toys right now. Um, on eBay, you can get the uh, 1988 Tonka Willow, the movie Evil Collector Set Number 1. So you can get a General Kale with horse in the packaging for $25 right now. Okay. Is, if, is Ooh, there a Mad Mardigan? A, you can get a Death Dog and General Kale. Is there a Mad Mardigan? Uh, I don't know. To be clear, the Death Dogs, these are these like warthog-looking things, right? In yep. Willow? Yeah. Which were dogs wearing costumes. Okay. Yeah, you can get Mad Mardigan. Now, does he have like actual hair or is it like a one of those like sort of like a plastic mold hair? Uh, it's looking, I think it's looking, it's hard to tell. That's that's plastic hair though. Or you can buy a lot of 32 figures that's got trolls. Where's Willow in all this? I don't know. Can there's not- There's one Willow in this 32 figure thing. You can buy 32 figures for $40. Okay. All of them are out of their packaging, but it comes with the cardboard. Out of the packaging, meaning that they were taken out of the package, but like the package the, is still there? They're no longer in the packaging, but yeah, it comes with the package if you want it. Who was like that know. thoughtful back then to buy the toy, take it out of the package, but say, don't throw that away. Yeah, save that. Well, I bet there was like information, like a bio, and some kids oh, yeah. probably like yeah. wanted to keep it. Or you can get a Val Kilmer signed mad mardigan photo for a hundred dollars oh that's not too bad oh mad mardigan jigsaw puzzle <laughs> sealed <laughs> how many pieces is that thing uh 100 100 piece mad Mar- okay i know what i'm getting my boys for christmas it's 43 dollars, and through proxy me for christmas <laughs> yeah so there were willow toys okay. to answer your question good to know i guess huh. i guess uh, this is a new thing i'm gonna do now is Search eBay for movie tie-in products. There's a lot of weird stuff out there. Especially from the 80s, I feel like, and the yeah. 90s. Mm-hmm. 80, like late 80s, early 90s. It's just like if, if it was a character that even remotely had any sort of resonance with the youth, right? make some toys out of that crap. Do something with that, yeah. yeah. Tie into some fast food restaurant. Get some cereals going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see if there's a cereal. A Willow cereal? I mean, there was Urkel O's. Remember those? Nope. Steve Urkel cereal. That's crazy. We can get a, a vintage Willow plastic cereal bowl, Quaker cereal, with Willow magic tricks. Oh. What the heck? People have unopened boxes of cereal? <laughs> well, so yeah, I think we've very thoroughly talked about my experience with Willow. Well, I, didn't, I didn't even know who Willow was. Okay. Yeah, so you, you really didn't know anything. So this will, be, this, this will be good, I think, because one of the reasons we're doing this is because it was a listener suggestion. Right. The listener happened to be someone who I believe, if they weren't a huge fan of it, at least grew up with it. Yeah. I think a lot of us grew up with it. And I don't know that I was ever like a Willow fanatic, but mm. I, I saw it. Saw it, I think, in pieces throughout the years, like on television. Mm. So, Did you ever see it all at once? I think, okay, so I think I did, but I don't think I was that interested in it. Mm. Like, I think I saw it. I never saw it in the theater. This was 88. I would have been like five or six years old. And um, I remember, I think that a, f- a family friend had it and like on VHS when it came out, they mm-hmm. rented it. Mm-hmm. And I think we all watched it, but I don't remember really it, it being, being, that, being that influential on in me. And I don't think I remembered much of it. Um, I guess since we're getting into our stories of our experience with it, I'll just keep sure. going. But uh, I, I do remember when I was like in uh, high school, uh, a youth group did a ski trip 
And, um, you know, one of the fun things about going on a ski trip with the youth group is you get to stay in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And um, this particular uh, afternoon that I was in a hotel with the youth group, uh, Willow was playing on like HBO or something, and we all watched it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but like, mm-hmm. but in a sort of like ironic, like nostalgic, like, oh, I remember this movie. Okay. And we were kind of like half laughing at it, half liking it. Okay. You know, you know that there's some cheesy aspects of it, but you're kind of yeah. like, we all love this, right? We right. all love Willow. So you were know? you, were you like playing up your history with it? Like, oh, I remember this. A I little this. bit, I think. I think there was a little bit of that because I want, I, I was kind of new to the group. Oh, and I, and I wanted yeah. to like, oh yeah, Willow. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Willow. I knew that totally Warwick Davis was Willow. I definitely didn't <laughs> think Val Kilmer was Willow. I wouldn't be surprised though if we were all doing that. Like yeah. everyone in the room was acting like they knew a lot more about Willow than they really did. <laughs> That sounds so fun, Nate. <laughs> well, that was high school in a nutshell so for me. It sounds like you couldn't even rate it before this. Um, I did though. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, oh, and then I, I forgot. Oh. Uh, I didn't really forget, but I forgot to mention that um, we were expecting our our twin boys. Um, I decided to kind of do this little project for myself, where I went through like all oh, these right. movies from like my childhood especially the ones that I felt like I didn't really remember much of. Yeah. And I watched them again to see if <laughs> they met the Nate test of like what, I, you know, like what, <laughs> what you can show your kids. <laughs> yeah. What do I, no, really, I get that. Yeah. The, the, the canon, I yeah. guess like, does this fit the canon? Does it not? And, yeah. I, and Willow was one of them I watched. So I actually had seen Willow not too long ago. I saw it about four years ago. And okay. um, when I watched it at that time, I liked it. I didn't think it was amazing, it was fine. but I liked it. And I think that's when I finally rated it on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to go back, but I'm pretty sure I gave it three stars. Okay. So that's my history with Willow. That's, it was riveting. It was a good history. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it surprised me at every turn. <laughs> Lots of twists in yeah. this one. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I guess on my, on my watching of it, I would rate it uh, three stars as well. Okay. Um, now I feel bad for anybody who like compares episodes because I gave the thing three stars too. And I definitely like, I kind of rated the thing as like a classic. So, you know, I get, I get what you mean. So like the things three stars was a bit more of like a, you got to bring something better. Three stars for Willow is actually pretty complimentary. Yeah. I, I get what you mean. I totally get what you mean. I feel like. That's one of the reasons I like having this podcast because it helps us to hammer out what we mean in our star ratings. Yeah. Like, because every star rating is loaded, I feel yeah. like. Like, every star you rating is explain like a little explaining bit. why you gave it that star rating. Yeah. It's so, a sliding scale. Yeah. So, on, on the rewatch for me, you know, it being just a few years later, I think I would probably keep it at three. Um, I'm willing to maybe go a little higher than that, yeah. though. You're um, moving, moving towards moving it up rather than. It's like a very straight on three star movie like mm-hmm. just solid movie yep. it's, there's not it's not the greatest got a lot of stuff wrong got with a lot it of but, stuff, but i still had fun i didn't you know i didn't hate watching <laughs> yeah. it yeah for fantasy not even really being kind of my thing it right. keeps me it keeps me entertained um and there's just these kind of i don't know charming aspects to it yeah you know, that's that I, probably a good word for that it. i just kind of feel like and maybe that's that's a little bit of what maybe ron howard brings to it i don't really I know but yeah. but there's just something about willow that it's kind of like i know this isn't great but i like spending time in it once in a while you know yeah i, I agree as far as like showing it to, to my son or you showing it to your kids 
it's kind of a tough movie to say at what point yes i would do that because i feel like there's stuff in it that definitely skews towards younger kids but also stuff in it that would like terrify right i don't children i don't remember where i read it but i think it was uh an original review it might have been usa today it might have been something from like the av club but talking about how it's not surprising it didn't do very well because right. really it's not a movie that i think a lot of adults are going to love and kids who are too young i mean there's a lot of pretty graphic and oh, yeah. kind of scary stuff in it for yeah. a really little kid we'll talk about so that. you you would have to be i think for this movie to really find its its audience and i think this is where a lot of the cult audience comes from You'd have to be somewhere between like 6 and 11 for this to really work. For the right age, if this movie, I think, hits you at the right age, it could be the kind of movie that does become sort of this really special, influential movie that, you know, that you carry with you for for a long time. Yeah, there's a lot of dumb stuff about this movie, but I can absolutely see being a kid and being amused by most of it mm-hmm. you know it's impressive looking it's i don't know if there was like remastering done but it it holds up like it's special effects and stuff i think so too pretty yeah. solid mad Mardigan's super cool like yes i can totally see being a kid and enjoying that movie and i can see being a kid uh who grows into adult and being like this was a lot better when i was a kid like i remember <laughs> this being a lot better than yeah. it is but it's also weird that it's still good enough i think yeah for me to still be an adult and mm-hmm. be like i'd watch that yeah well, we, we should, should probably, talk about especially, the... yeah, especially if people who really do hold this as like a, a, a cult classic favorite of theirs, yeah. us saying there's a lot of really dumb stuff in this movie, they yeah. might want to be like, explain yourself, please. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They might. So you want us to talk about the dumb stuff first? Well, I think it might help okay. because I think then we can talk about what we do like about it and talk about maybe how that saves it, Sure, I guess. Well, without a doubt, the brownies. Oh my gosh. Brownies. We talked a little bit about this off mic, but I was like, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. I yeah. absolutely hate yes. the brownies. There is not one moment or appearance of the brownies that I liked or understood yes. or thought was necessary. Don't expect me to help you again. Good. Then we go that way to the lake. That way. You are drunk. And when you are drunk, you forget that I you am in charge. in charge. Fine. Then which way do we go? That way! Did they help the journey in any at any moment? They picked a lock, I think, at one they point. They picked the lock. They, they apparently they, they knew, sort the, of way knew the way better than Willow did. But they also don't. They're like, this way. No, well, that way. The one, the one guy seems to always know. Okay. Not... The Kevin Pollock. Not... So, oh yeah, he's the one that does know. I can't, they're so small, I could, I got them confused, but. (laughs) Yeah, it's a. What is it? And they kind of had this like stupid Cheech and Chong feel to them almost. Like like, they were talking, they they were kind of high pitched noise, but he's like. Yeah, 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 exactly. They were kind of, they were definitely Cheech and Chong. At least one of the, the Kevin Pollock's was and the, they were kind of stoners, drunkards. Like it was kind of, it was weird. It was awful, awful. I, I don't know if the movie's merciful or cruel because there would be stretches where I forgot they were there and it was nice. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> for no reason, they'd be like, yeah. yeah, 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 like running in the background. And I'm like, ah, dang it. Like yeah. I forgot how much I hate them and I was doing fine without them. 
It's do you think there's like a awful in a, in a fantasy movie? There's just a sort of quota you have to hit of how many like characters you introduce, and maybe and they just George were like Lucas well, certainly thinks so. We need more because right now all we've got are the the I what don't are the know. Daikini is humans. Yeah. Uh, I forget what they call. Um, I don't the, know. I, honestly, I didn't. That, that, that's one of like the faults too with the movie is I didn't care enough about this world to learn its its lingo. Yeah, at all. In a way, you care about the world because when you get to the little like village that the Nelwyn live in, like you could basically just call it the Shire. Yeah, uh, well, I I mean, I care enough to watch it, but like, I don't, I, like, I, I don't care where they're going to. I don't care like yeah the names of these places. I, I, I mean, you compared it to the Shire, like that's one thing that I think this movie's influences are so clear. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, like with Lord of the Rings, I know all the different places they go. Like watching the movies once, I knew all the names of the places and the names of the races. And um, in this movie, I'm ah, well, and that's really you're seeing in this movie the the different ways that Tolkien approaches mythology versus Lucas. And Lucas has always been whether it's Star Wars or Willow or even something like Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever. His mythology has always been sort of like a a pick and choose hero's journey, Cliff Notes version of a mythology course, and that's fine. That's great for entertainment. I don't even think Lucas wants you to dig too deeply. So, I mean, you know, this is even more in line with, like, his infatuation with, like, Joseph Campbell yeah. and the hero's journey. It's like Tolkien meets Star Wars, basically. And yeah. And it doesn't get much deeper than that. You no, know? no. And in a way, that's fine. It is but- fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, like... It would. It seems like a bad idea to like compare something to something else because it's not that. But you can't not compare this to Star Wars because it's Star Wars in Middle Earth. Like, yeah, the relationship between uh, Mad Mardigan and Joanne S- Whaley's yeah, character. Sorsha, Sorsha, yeah. Um, that's so Han and Leia, yeah. And Mad Mardigan just is Han Solo. Yep. And I was talking to my friend Jason. He was pointing this out too that like you can just go down the line like pacing. It's Star Wars, like wipe transitions all over the place yeah um even like the final battle where willow's just watching it is very much like luke watching obi-wan and darth vader bev morda ends up looking like the emperor including like blue lightning bolts he invited the comparison so much that it is you can't not compare this movie to star wars Mm -hmm. is that a problem not really except that like Lucas finally was caught trying to grab cash and like didn't this time, <laughs> but he even planned on Willow being a trilogy. Now I'm wondering, it must have been in the eighties that Ewoks were like a huge hit because there was like an Ewok only special. And I feel like Willow was tapping into that. Yeah. Or playing off that or. Yeah, you know. definitely. I think the brownies are very Ewoky. The sounds they make and like the quote-unquote comic relief they provide is very much in that like slapsticky weird dumb vein i mean george lucas hasn't learned his lesson as far as inserting comic relief well i think the comic relief aspect aside from the brownies even is another thing that's poor in this movie in a way it can be endearing at some points yeah. like i have to give it to joanne whaley i don't know if that's how you pronounce her name but you know who plays sorsha and Val Kilmer yeah. as Med Morgan because they are given such terrible material sometimes, and they actually do the best they can to sell it. I the, will give them that. There, but, but even when there is better material, I don't know if it was Ron Howard or the editing, they mishandle it so badly 
there was one part that I thought could have been really funny when um, Razelle is trying to get Willow to change her from her animal form. Hither, green and ban, Clyde and Lunanoct. Hither, green and ban, Clyde and Lunanoct. When you go look like if this works. Don't interrupt. Sorry. Hither, green and ban, Clyde and Lunanoct. I am a young, beautiful woman. Concentrate, Willow. Hither, green and ban, Clyde and Lunanoct. Hither, green and ban, Clyde and Lunanoct. And it could have been so funny, but the way it's cut and the way the timing of it is just so bad yeah that it's it's not actually funny I, I yeah there were moments like that but i still think val kilmer is I do really too. funny in the i movie. do too you know uh even when the material is really bad i feel like he he sells it pretty well and it can get really bad and it, it seems so contrived and wedged in but that whole dust thing where right. he like falls in love with yeah. sorcia and he's doing like the po- like shakespearean mm-hmm. style poetry yeah One move, jackass, and you really will be a woman. You are my sun, my moon, my starlit sky. Without you, I dwell in darkness. I love you. What are you doing here? Your power has enchanted me. I stand helpless against it. Come to me now. Tonight, let me worship you in my arms. Get away from me. I love you. Stop saying that. And I stopped the beating of my heart. It pounds like never before. Out of fear. Out of love. I can stop Awful. It's supposed to be suspenseful, you know, because Willow's right. trying to get the baby. Right. And so it's like yeah. slapstick thrown in with this like suspenseful moment. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel here. Right. And the slapstick's not working. Not it's terrible. All. Not at all. No. <laughs> it's just a bad scene. But I, I mean... Belcomer's still good. As best, he, as best yeah. he can. As best he can, he He's does still, all right with still it. Still seems you know? cool. There was one scene I thought was funny, like actually funny, and that was when uh, Willow and the Fellowship are on their way out of their village, and the the like the wizard guy says, "Like the dove will show you which way to go." Oh yeah, and he's like, "It flew back to the village." Like, <laughs> forget the dove, follow the river. That stuff I thought was that pretty was good. Funny. The the way that they're whatever you, I mean, they're they're sort of head sorcerer i kind of liked him as a character mm-hmm. like this guy who is supposed to be like the wisest most powerful magician yeah it, it takes an interesting twist to see that like he's kind of a lot like the wizard of oz like he also is in a way full of crap yeah. and but sometimes he isn't you know yeah. like he's he knows a little magic right but he also just kind of like messes up sometimes and just sort of wings it yeah and, like <laughs> yeah he's kind of a funny character i will consult the bones that it's a nice it's a unique touch yeah but if you think about it too much it's like well all right well wait so is the whole quest kind of yeah like meaningless is magic (laughs) 
real in this world? I don't know. Like, is this guy a huckster? Like, well, that's see, Ryan. That's it. where there's so much nuance in Willow. You know? <laughs> yeah. Don't think about it because there is magic that works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Obviously. Um, I, I I feel like we need to bring it up again. The brownies are the stupidest thing. At the end, did you notice this? Kevin Pollock's character. He takes off his hat, and he's bald underneath. And the other guy like looks at him like he's surprised. And I'm like, is the fact that he's bald a reveal? Like, is that a joke? <laughs> Are we were we supposed to be like thinking he had a full head of hair and oh, he didn't? I, I don't know. You know, and if that wasn't annoying enough with the brownies, I watched one of the like added featurettes. Oh, I did too. They're oh they're like gosh. they're they're brownies in the featurette. Like every everyone else is like talking like themselves, talking as an yep. actor yep. about what it's like to work on them, and then they're in they're character, acting like their character in front of like a Barbie dream house, as, and talking like complaining about, about their accommodations. <laughs> you watched it too. Oh, I did. It was so stupid. They really were hoping those would take off. So they you know couldn't what, ruin Willow. They had to ruin the featurette making of Willow, right. where I was maybe exactly. able to forget. Find some, <laughs> yep. They never let you forget. They really wanted those things to take off. And I mean, like the minions are no different, really. Like in today's day and age, if Willow had been a hit, there probably would have been a Brownies movie. Oh my gosh. I guess maybe we could pivot to some things we kind of liked about the movie. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I, I liked as far as where the stakes are built, I think it's original that Willow's a family man. Yeah. That he's a dad mm-hmm. and that they know, I think but that that's the, actually kind of driving him. Yeah. And that the quest itself, it's not all that clear what the stakes are with the quest. No. And that's a weakness of the film. I am not totally clear what, the baby's function is right exactly all we're told is that the baby is going to defeat this queen yeah you're not even told if it's like the baby will grow into someone who will be a warrior or right. you know like well like i said i think i said george lucas planned on this being a trilogy yeah maybe he was gonna flesh that out later okay you know the queen's evil and you know that like yeah. but but what's she really doing like this village is fine you right. know like yeah, yeah. Is there a th- is, what's the threat? Like they keep saying, like this baby is the turning point between good and evil, right? And she's killing all the mothers, but that's because of the baby, right? Because she wants to get the baby, because she wants to use the baby for this thing. What's yeah. she doing? Is she going to stay young? Is she going to get all it's the all, power? It's all unclear. And when you're six to eleven, it doesn't, no, it matter. doesn't matter. But I think that it's clever, I guess, in that when they have to build the stakes. In a way, it's just this sort of touching, like, he's got to say goodbye to his family, mm-hmm. and you want him to come back to his family. Right. Usually with the hero's journey, it's like you wouldn't want them to have yeah. much tying them down. The return you is know? not, the return's just like, eh, might as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to, before we pivot to what we like about this movie, I want to talk about that the movie's really uneven between its, like, cartoonish looniness mm-hmm. and the stakes, which, again, the the unclear stakes whatever they are, they're very high. (laughs) That's clear. (laughs) And that's contrasted with a scene where like Mad Mardigan turns into a snowball. Oh yeah. I like that just, it comes out of nowhere. That's weird. It's stupid. Like it's just, what are you doing? That it's like a Looney Tunes scene. So if it's been a long time since listeners have seen this movie, it's like Christmas vacation, like sledding scene. Yes. And Somehow they get separated, and Mad Mardigan... Well, they go off that big jump. Right. And Mad Mardigan falls off and starts rolling, rolling. down the mountain. And it's like a cartoon, like, because he's rolling, this it, he turns, he turns into, into a into big a snowball. snowball. 
Yeah, that's it. And that's all that happens. It's a cartoon. That's what happens in cartoons. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's stuff like that that I'm like, who is the target audience for this movie? Yeah, that was just right. one last thing that Uneven. I wanted to say was like really strange about this movie. But but isn't that kind of what makes it charming? I guess in a I way, guess, like yeah. Sometimes I think those cult classics are kind of cult classics because they don't really have a set audience. They just have things that throw you off about them. Well, it's not enough to like ruin it. It's just yeah. enough to be like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> Get back to it. So we're not being oh, super clear uh, okay, about what okay, we okay, like okay. about this movie. One more of the weird like slapstick moments that <laughs> was just so like weird. Like I said, okay. not being clear about what we like about this movie. So go on. <laughs> so there's the scene with the two-headed monster, right? Right. When it first appears up. And there's this weird like <laughs> Looney Tunes again scene where like Val Kilmer's fighting the enemy people. Then he sees the monster and yeah. they all get scared of the monster and he runs over on their side. Yeah. And then they're and like then looking, they're like at, each looking other. at each other and he's like, oh, right. And then he runs away. Another thing that happened in this movie, and it happens in a lot of like sword epic movies. There's a point in the final battle where they're basically like, all right, we got we to gotta move on. And the hero no longer has to actually fight people. He can just walk around smacking people with the hilt of his sword <laughs> and they're all dying. Like instead of having to like run people through and slice them twice yeah. and like stop them. It's like, all right, guys, we got to go. And then he's like, oh, cool. Pop, 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 pop. And then let me she do my final could have just done that battle. all along. Yeah, yeah right. Um, but again... Like I said, we're not saying stuff that we like about this movie, but this is also all stuff I think we both kind of like about this movie. Like it's so it's true. Yeah. It's not killing it for us. It's part of the charm and it's not so bad. It's good. It's like, this is the stuff about the world that I'm sucked into, not the names of the people, mm -hmm. not the particulars about the politics of it or like even what Bav Morda is trying to do. Part of what I'm sucked into is the whole cheesiness of yeah. it and that doesn't happen to me very often i i hear you and it's still just an entertaining movie warts and all and when i say like uh something like three stars i think what i really mean is like you think about how many movies like come out you know every year mm -hmm. and i'm thinking of like back in 1988 or even now you know looking back this would be the kind of movie that like you know it's not going to end up on like my even probably top 10 of that year list or no. anything like that but like that week when it's out, you're like, you know what's out? That's week that's worth seeing. Go see Willow. That's yeah. a good movie. That's a good time at the theater, you know? It's the kind of movie that you would say it's worth seeing. Yeah. If you've got nothing else to see. It's like the movies that like Siskel and Ebert would give two thumbs up to that then later on we would hold them accountable for yeah. and say you should have never given that movie two thumbs up because right. you're looking at it in the scope of like movie history. This is like and, and Siskel and Ebert would be like, but that week that was the movie yeah. you go see. Right. You know? <laughs> this is exactly the kind of movie that you rate it for what it is. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask as far as like possibly, you know, something positive to say about this movie is, um, you know, how influential do you think this movie is? Mm. Uh, because we just talked about yeah, how influenced it was, but then we said things like you might as well have called it the Shire, but Peter Jackson's version of the Shire came after Willow. And also I noticed that when that two headed beast is coming up, the mm. way that, Mad Mardigan kills it is exactly how Legolas kills the cave troll mm. uh, in the Fellowship of the Ring. Like he he climbs up. I think in in Willow it's a sword that goes through his yeah. head, but in in um, Lord and of the Rings the head it's, explodes. It's, 
like I wonder, like, is this a movie that Peter Jackson was kind of a, a cult be. a cult fan of? Yeah, and maybe it was. You know, like it's sort of like the this weird cycle thing. Like, obviously, George Lucas was copying basically Tolkien, but this was Ron Howard and George Lucas's version of it. Yeah. And then when Peter Jackson had to envision his version of Tolkien, like, was he using some of Willow as source material? Even I guess I'd have to think about it a little bit because I wouldn't be surprised if Peter Jackson is a fan of Willow. The different settings, like the journey really being visually long and different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're traveling a long way because of all these different types of lands they're traveling right. over. And and um, was this, I'd have to think, but is this one of the first cinematic portrayals we see of a Tolkien-esque world? Yeah, I don't know. And was it sort of in that way creating a blueprint it didn't come out of thin air as far as fantasy goes i mean there was like uh i think labyrinth had already come out princess bride had definitely already come out the cartoon hobbit had come out in the 70s so yeah i guess i don't feel like there are a ton that i can think of a ton of direct influences later i do know that like the digital effects those um, were groundbreaking were were definitely influential the technology for morphing that they use was what made the Abyss and um, Terminator 2 possible. And even the, uh, of course, the the music video for Black and White. Right. Black or White, right? Right. Michael Jackson. The Michael Jackson one. Yeah. And it was so funny. I watched the special feature on the morphing as well. Um, the digital arm of Industrial Light and Magic when they made Willow was five people. <laughs> there were five employees in the digital because they were like we have to have it but we don't know what we're going to do with it and so they kind of had to like make a case for their usefulness and they were like well we'll do like dissolves with you know when we show her transforming from different things we'll do dissolves and cutaways and ron howard said like it'll be kind of cheesy but it'll be fine and they were like actually i think we can do something right I was and they re- just like had to write the program they they had there was no software to do it they were just yeah, making it up which is really impressive in fact i think there was just one guy who wrote the, the computer yeah. program yeah you have to kind of put yourself in that that time and it all of that would have just seemed so pioneering. Oh yeah. Like I remember I was, I don't know if we read the same thing or not, but it was an interview and, and Ron Howard was talking about them approaching him with this idea about how they could do it a little bit more seamlessly um, in a computer. And he actually said, I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. It blew my mind. Like the idea that you would do anything in film in a computer, like a computer was not what we think of a computer now. Right. You know, right, like, yeah. like you're going to take my it, film it and put it in that much. thing. Yeah. And it's going to make my special effects look good. You How know? is that text? Like you're just, <laughs> you're typing letters and numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the the images were kind of rendered out outside of the computer too. The computer monitor wasn't even good enough to show the images that they were making. But also they used puppets extensively. So like the images that they were morphing between weren't computer generated images. They used right. puppets and real footage. And nowadays you can see anything through CGI. So... Um, when they actually had a puppet that would go from a goat to an ostrich, like the goat's neck, like stretched up. I was, I went, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> it's like that was the part that they were like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the morphing looked pretty good. Yeah. Still, no, for, it does. For I think time. they've touched it up, but oh, even so. But another thing I think might be influential about Willow uh, is actually the score, which is James Horner. Yeah, um, I wanted to talk about that. Did you not like it? James Horner can do action and he can do like sweeping epic stuff. 
I don't think he can do whimsy or levity hmm. because the music during the Nelwyn scenes, he was like trying to telegraph every emotion that you were supposed to be feeling. And it would go from like, <laughs> like it was just like all over the place with yeah. whatever you were seeing on screen had to have an auditory cue. Yeah. And it that's was true. just like this manic, insane song. Yeah, and, and the, the band that was playing it sounded pretty yeah, wild but also it was kind of like paul simony that bass stuff that and threw me off yes it was weird so for the first like three seconds of that song i was like what and then i was like okay <laughs> i'm getting into this <laughs> And that's I, what this movie is. I know. For I, three seconds, I'm like, what? And then I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. You do you. <laughs> you do you, Willow. <laughs> You're right. You're not wrong about that. But yeah, I also but feel like the, the end, James Horner like, stuff, mm-hmm. I think we take the fact that there's a Celtic influence to fantasy yeah. for granted. Like, that's true. Where does that come from? I think it comes a lot from Willow, to yeah, be honest. Probably. Like, I feel like probably James right. Horner was the one that brought a lot of this sort of Celtic thing yeah, into it. Definitely. And the more ominous scenes... The way he ratchets up that with these weird, like woodwind, almost like shrill noises, yeah. um, which is basically what he does in Braveheart. But it works. Yeah. So those two things, I think, mm-hmm. kind of like that more ominous thing, and also the sort of sweeping epic. Yeah. But with the Celtic flute kind of thing going with it, when you see the willow, and it's cheesy looking. It was the willow, like at the beginning, the title. But thing yeah, over, but that music comes. The in. The music comes in, and yeah. you're like, I'm there, I'm right there. Yeah. You know. And, and I wonder how much we're enjoying this movie because of Lord of the Rings yeah. and movies that have kind of followed some of the lead. I mean, it's giving the movie too much credit to say it was ahead of its time. But No, I'm not going to go that far. I think but... it's, its trappings are just more familiar now. Yeah. Another asset of the movie, I think, is Jean Marsh, who plays uh, Bev Morda. She was pretty much like full-on Disney evil witch, mm-hmm. but so good, I think. Yeah. Like, Part where um, she hears that Sorsha has betrayed her. Where's Sorsha? She has turned against us, Your Highness. Turned against me. <laughs> Prepare for the ritual. So perfect for yeah. that that character. I think everyone in the movie, and I mean, I think everyone in the movie does their role well, even the brownies, because I think they were doing. They exactly were doing what it. They were yeah, supposed they were, to do. They, they were not. They, I mean, they were handling yeah, handling the true. direction they were given. For better or for yeah. worse, everybody <laughs> nailed it. I mean, Warwick Davis is really good as yeah. Willow. Even the team around him, you mm-hmm. know, they're all pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah his yeah, wife yeah. is uh, really Burgle, sweet, and Burgle you know, cut, like that guy was funny and a good, yeah. a good villain that you wanted to see get pooped on at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think another thing. I don't know why I was impressed by this, but like the horses ride really fast in this movie. They do. That's <laughs> that's true. I was like, these horses wow. are so fast. What a mighty yeah. steed. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't think they sped up the film. But I love like, how we're saying this and we're not scraping. We don't feel like we're scraping the barrel to say no. nice things about it. But like, actually, I did find that like wagon chase scene. Overall, it was pretty good. I, I did wonder like when the first wheel broke, how the I wagon. I have no idea how, how the wagon was still going. Yeah. And also, you're not really sure where the baby is the whole time. Like it's in that wagon and it's going through some pretty turbulent stuff. Yeah, but, it's uh, fine. Whatever. The baby's fine. Whatever. But the horses, they were going Super so fast. fast. Yeah. Look and when them, the, look at them go. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's like a microcosm of this movie. Well, wait, what about this? I don't know, but look at them go. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, another, one of the things that just don't think about it is, uh, the fact that like Willow's the hero at the end and like they defeated Bev Morda, but really she got struck by lightning just kind of randomly. <laughs> That's right. Was this kind of magic going on, right? No. No. Uh, she, well, she raised the wand, but the lightning struck her head and the wand was wooden. She was going to cast a spell on Will- Willow. It was just good luck that she got struck by lightning. <laughs> the whole ending felt like we got to end this somehow. We got it, guys. And the queen's, we got to wrap this up. The queen's I mean, Mordigan's going to start bopping people with the hilt of his sword and it'll kill him. The queen's got to disappear. Well, there were all sorts of conveniences. Even the fact of like, who's going to watch this baby? Uh, who, okay, Mad Mordigan and Sorsha decide to take care of the baby. That works. That's Oh, convenient. yeah, we like each yeah. other, so we're going to take the baby. Oh, okay. Thank you. It works, I guess, because you're fine. the only two other... What was the plan otherwise, though? I know, but like, what were, what, were, what were they going to do with the baby if Mad Mardigan hadn't That's gotten what I mean bopped about in the, the face with the thing and fallen in love with Sorsha? And Sorsha had, for some reason, been totally down with it. I don't know. What's weird to me is that Willow's whole quest is we got to take this to the Daikini or the humans, right? Yeah. Like, where are all these other humans? Because the only humans mm-hmm. you see are these warriors yep. who are out fighting. Mad Mardigan yeah. and He doesn't Sorsha. even know what Daikini he's taking him to. And where are the Daikini... That aren't getting rounded up by yeah. the queen. And is he just hoping he would find a daikini that he like, eh, that one seems better. Because it wasn't, clearly Mad Mardigan wasn't a good one. Right. And yeah, sure. That is clear. But why didn't he find somebody in that like tavern? It's probably best just not to think about it. Can I tell you another thing that's like your horses going fast thing? Oh, that you liked? <laughs> yeah. Uh, people kick really well in the fight scenes. <laughs> like Sorsha especially seemed to have like a really solid kick, not yeah. just because she kicks Mad Mardigan in the face, but in other scenes where they're fighting, she's like a really good kicker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I was and actually, I think Mad Mardigan was too in another fight. And he's not bad with a sword. No, he really likes to flip it around. And I feel well, like he does that move like three or four times, but bunch. every time I was like, Hey, that's cool. That looks pretty cool. <laughs> so every scene has like a weird thing. And then something that's like, ah, okay, I like this enough to uh-huh. disregard that other weird thing. Well, so, okay. So, so we met, we talked a lot in our last episode when we were previewing this about how we were just kind of surprised it was a Ron Howard movie. Um, I think I'm surprised by every Ron Howard movie. I just well, yeah. keep forgetting he directs movies. I think this is like his third movie yeah. he had made. He didn't like Splash and Cocoon, I think. Yeah. I guess when I've seen how bad some Lucas movies can be, yeah. Um, like I want to me, I'm wondering like, okay, so what did Ron Howard do to save this? Maybe he's better at directing actors. I think Ron Howard, as an actor, probably had a deft touch with the actors in the in the movie in a way that, I mean, George Lucas cares about story, cares about character. I think he cares, and he cares about, about spectacle. Yeah, I think he cares about but what I don't cool think thing can we cares, try. I think he thinks. If you write a character or have a clear enough idea of the character as you write it, then it's going to come out. And I, I don't think that's true. 
Yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope we've said what we like about this movie. So, all right, after talking about this as the star rating, if it, if anything, I feel like it would have gone down because we didn't. That, but again, yeah, no, we named a lot of stuff we didn't like. No, it's not going to go down at all. It's uh, it's definitely a, a healthy three. Yeah. yeah. Would you uh, eventually show this to your uh, your son? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to like suggest it. Yeah. It could be a fun family movie night, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, like, it could be. You know, like, yeah. not, not that I'm like, totally recommending it, but it's like, hey, we should watch something as a family. I can see Willow it. could be fun. Like a change of pace. But I, I wonder, I'm like afraid, because I kind of did the same similar thing where I'm like, what children's movies would I love to watch with my kids? Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't know if they're going to like fantastic mr fox or mm-hmm. where the wild things are or iron yeah. giant like no don't you see that yeah. the giant is so cal- the military is actually <laughs> you kind of have it wasn't to, funny you kind of have to be careful with with right. that with that type of thinking it. yeah exactly and you also have to let them be kids yeah i do kind of want them to watch willow because it's kind of stupid yeah. If I only let them see this curated right. stuff that's gone through my adult viewing of these kids' movies, yeah. it's like, well, these are great because they're respectable to adults. Right. I watched Beethoven yeah. over and over and yeah. over again, and Hook over and over and over yeah, again. Exactly. And my parents either watched it with us or. One of the nice things they did was they kind of kept their mouth shut about right, how bad it was. Right. They didn't make me feel like a Philistine for liking it. Right. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Like, no, Theo, don't you see? It's 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 cosmically funny that he's a rat in a dumpster behind a Chinese restaurant because that's what we all are. Because death comes for us all, Theo. Yeah. So sure, I'll, I'll let him see Willow. So yeah, I, I would I would I would keep mine at uh, three stars. I don't think I'll bump it up the three and a half but i did have fun watching it i don't know no i did too yeah and i think it did fit our criteria of like november watching comfortable yeah fantasy type movies it's the bill mashed potatoes aren't the greatest food you'll ever eat right but gosh dang i'm not turning them down well and i'm gonna i'm gonna eat them till i die like right and if turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy wasn't wrapped up into thanksgiving would anybody say it's like their absolute favorite meal of all time does anybody really like turkey I like it when it's doused in a ton of gravy. Yeah, at Thanksgiving. But November rolls yeah. around. If you're not eating turkey. And if turkey's not on that table, you are pissed. Oh, you're kidding me? You're walking out. Where's this turkey? I'm you, going to get some turkey. Right. You'll leave the family. Yeah. Even though everybody's just kind of like, yeah. Okay with yeah, turkey. But I don't know. I don't know how that relates to Willow, but it, it makes sense it to me. It feels right. Yeah. I get it. Uh, yeah. Best buds here. Oh, yeah. We're good. Yeah. Not fighting about anything. I hope I hope uh Rachel who recommended this movie to us is still uh, Yeah, I hope she's with okay us. with our take on it. Yeah. She'll have to let us know. Why don't we uh talk about what we're gonna discuss in our next episode? Well, I think for the next episode, since it's December, we're gonna do Christmas. Uh, a Christmas movie. We're going with a movie that is not going to win either of us a- a- any friends. Right. We also have to allow for the rewatch and maybe we we'll def- change yep. our minds. Who knows? So for this Christmas season, the question, can we still be friends, is one we extend to you. Nate and I are going to do a movie that, as time has gone on, we've liked less and less. But has become more and more of a classic. Yeah. And I think we've both become 
maybe a little concerned with our position as outsiders because it is taken for granted that people like this movie. Mm-hmm. So we are going to do the modern classic Will Ferrell movie Elf. It's going to be negative. That's that's where we are now. Yeah. Now, but I was not always there. No, I... When I saw it in the theater, <laughs> I really liked it. Okay. I mean, we'll go more into this next of time. Of course. But that's I, what I, I, it'll be about. Yeah. I, uh, I liked it, but I think it was overhyped the mm-hmm. first time I saw it. And that's not to say I had, like, elitist backlash. I think I had expectations that were not what I had expected. So... A lot of people say this is their favorite Christmas movie. It's, like, become a tradition for a lot of people. Yeah. It's become enough of a tradition to where I've still watched it every year, even though I've yeah, grown to not I like think it. I have, too. I, I will have an open mind. Right. But I'm not looking forward to watching it. If that's not the spirit of Christmas... Doing the stuff you don't want to do right. because other people want to do I it. I will have an open mind. Right. I think it's the forgotten aspect of the Christmas season. This feeling of obligation. How many times during the Christmas season do people ha- have the conversation with their parents or their significant other before going to an event saying, I will try. <laughs> which, is how, which is how we're approaching Elf. Yes. And this is really, to me the meaning of like peace on earth mm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. goodwill towards men exactly i i'm i, I admire your selflessness mm-hmm. in this moment yeah i think people can really see <laughs> your generous spirit through this and i think it's really brave of us i would agree Thank but you. but i don't know that we can take all the credit i think it's something about the christmas spirit that you're right. You're right. Instills in us a sense of we sh- we should watch. Elf. I think you're right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It, it is my charity that I will watch Elf. Oh yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I won't be giving this year. This no. is. This is my. I giving. think this is. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. But financially, I will not be giving this <laughs> season. It's the spirit of giving that I think is important, and I feel like this is a an overflow. I don't want to say we're giving too much. We're being too generous. But you, you can't at Christmas. I mean, that's sort of the, the sense is that you can't give too much. But that's exactly right. If you could, though, <laughs> I feel like we're giving too much by watching, watching Elf willfully. Yeah. Yes. But we're happy to do it. Out of happy? I think our listeners, they can tell the, the sort of pain that with which we're, we're approaching this movie sure. and how much we're putting that aside. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, to give it a fair shake. Our really. reputations. We need to turn the tables on our listeners, I think, and say, what's that Christmas movie that you hate? Exactly. And what are you watching what are you, yeah. that you hate? <laughs> I think we just, what Nate is saying, we just need to see a little give back from you guys. That's part of the season, too. Right. It's self-sacrifice, but also mm-hmm. expecting that you're going to get stuff back because everyone's yeah, giving. So you're just giving. Everyone's giving, like, so where's back mine? And forth. Right. Joy to the world. Exactly. Tis the season. Tis the season. That was that was in October. Oh right, twas the season. <laughs> twas the season. So we we know people feel things about this movie because people tell us that every year. So yeah, go ahead and uh, talk to us. Part of our generosity is taking your abuse. So oh yeah, if you want to yell at us before you even hear what we have to say about it, you, are, you go have, for it. You have every go right to it. do that. You can yell at us uh, with your. Um, text words on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, 280 characters now. 280 characters. Yeah, you've got extra so you you've got extra room to room to rant. Yeah. That's at CWSBF 
uh, on Twitter. Um, Facebook, you can uh, search for us and make sure that you are not commenting angry uh, words towards us on a Filipino movie of the same title. Yeah. You know, we talked a lot about the people from the Philippines who found us by accident. And hey, welcome, by the way. We're still getting them. Yeah. Uh, but we, are. we didn't think about the people who are our fans who might be commenting yeah. on the Filipino movies, movies website. Site. Yeah. So make we sure you're checking, checking that. We, we, should, we should check that. <laughs> Maybe there's people <laughs> making listener suggestions and we've been missing them. Uh, we do also have our website, canwestillbefriends.net, where we post all of our episodes and you can always leave a comment there. Email us. Feedback at Can We Still Be Friends is where you can direct those messages, uh, and we do also have a uh, phone number where you can uh, actually you could yell, really yell if you, you wanted could. to, like, or do like your best Zoe Deschanel singing voice. Don't. Okay, do it. We'll listen to it. Sounds like that's one of the spots in the movie that Nate does not. Like. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there. Uh, do your best forty second long burp. Um, <sighs> Do your best. Right, now I'm second guessing what do your best do. impression of Will Ferrell yelling Santa. Do your best uh, giving the sled whatever Christmas cheer gas it needs to get going. Yep. Whatever stupid crap that is. Boy, we're getting into it. <laughs> we're getting too much into it. Anyways, yeah, you can do that. In fact, you could write your rant on Twitter in 280 characters. Then you could read it to us mm-hmm. in the voicemail. And, and I suggest you do that, uh, actually. The number to do that would be, uh, to send that would be 847-306-9532. We'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like Elf and you're finally glad that somebody is speaking up, make your voice heard. Who knows? Maybe I'll like it again. I was just going to say that we change. People change. Yeah. We do just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like the podcast, a good rating goes a long way in Apple Podcasts. And uh, just keep telling people you know. Mm -hmm. We'll, We'll catch you next time and oh uh, enjoy your turkey yeah might as well it's it, it's about as good as willow yep which is pretty good which is pretty good you like having it once in a while all right oh well, thanks for listening <laughs> yeah we'll catch you next time Boom. <laughs>